know, I have seen over and over our lives go in circles, just go in circles, and it seems like we end back up at the same place. We have New Year resolutions, but they last about 13 days, and then, you know, and it just seems like the old patterns start taking back over, over and over and over again. And I've watched it year after year, and I just kind of, whoo, something came over me, and out of that frustration was birthed this message. And so I want to, uh, I, I also looked up this, uh, the Hebraic, Hebraic word and numerology for the year of 2017, as well as the Greek. And it's very, very interesting. Listen to this. In the Hebrew, it's hofek, which means perversity and upset, turning of things upside down. Now, you can go online. You can go to any uh, Strong's Concordance, any concordance, and find this. This isn't hidden. It's very easy. I just did a study on it. And, uh, and it's quite interesting because actually 2017 in the, Judah, in, uh, the Jewish calendar began back in September. And we've certainly, it's, I was telling Pastor about this last night, and he said, Dear Lord, is that positive or negative? And I said, Well, I think it can be either. However, uh, there has been a turning of things upside down. There has been an upset. There has been all that happened. And I believe God is going to do the same thing. And uh, he's going to change things. And we're going to see this year turn out to be one of the greatest years we've ever, ever seen in our lives. I think it's awesome that in the Greek, Ephesako is the word for 2017 that they get through numerology, and it means to shine forth. Isn't that interesting? That in the midst of perversity and an upside down and an upset, God's going to cause us to shine forth. And uh, so I'm, I, I really am getting excited about this year. But the thing that I realized in, in all of my thought patterns, I have a friend who measures our lives by Christmases. She says, oh, we may only have 10 little Christmases left. Well, she's been saying that for 30 years, and we still, we've had 30 since she said that, or 40. But, you know, Christmas comes around before you know it. And, and my heart today is to help you deal with some things in our life to get us to the place we need to be. We don't have time. We don't have time to spare. We've got lots to do. And so I, I was uh, interested in this thought pattern of mine of going in these circles. And I started understanding when I heard this whisper in my spirit, it's like gravity. So I started reading and studying on gravitational pull. Do we have that video we can show real quickly? This is just a one-minute video. Gravity is an invisible force, proportional to mass. The greater the mass of an object, the greater its gravitational pull. The effects of gravity are all around us. From the sun's rising to the sun's setting, to the moon and the stars, to the ocean and its tides, is gravity. Nothing, nothing is exempt from the power of gravity. Nothing, nothing can escape the gravitational pull of an object.
mass. Not even, Not even a human life. So that's the question I want to ask you. What is pulling you? I'm going to talk to you about that. And uh, we're going to talk about how to resist the pull, the gravitational pull. There's something orbiting at the center, and whatever is at the center has you in an orbit and pulls you toward it. So we'll talk about that in the next few minutes. I want to read some scripture with you. If you'll turn with me to 2 Kings 7. 1 through 7, as well as Deuteronomy 2, 1 through 3. I'll read them quickly. Then Elisha said, Hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord, Tomorrow about this time, things are going to change. That's a seah of fine flour shall be sold for a shekel, and two seahs of barley for a shekel at the gate of Samaria. So an officer on whose hand the king leaned, the right-hand man of the king, Answered the man of God. Nobody even asked him anything. He opened up his... Nobody asked him nothing. And he said, look, if the Lord would make windows in heaven, could this thing be? <laughs> and he said, in fact, you shall see it. If the Lord... Uh, in fact, you shall see it with your eyes, but you're not going to eat of it, God says. Now there were four leprous men at the entrance of the gate. And they said to one another... Why are we sitting here until we die? If we say we will enter the city, the famine is in the city, and we shall die there. If we sit here, we die also. Now, therefore, come. Let us surrender to the army of the Syrians. If they keep us alive, we shall live. And if they kill us, we shall only die. And they rose at twilight to go to the camp of the Syrians. And when they had come to the outskirts of the Syrian camp, to their surprise... No one was there. For the Lord had caused the army of Syrians to hear the noise of chariots and the noises of horses, the noise of a great army. So they said to one another, Look, the king of Israel has hired against us the kings of the Hittites and the kings of the Egyptians to attack us. Therefore, they arose and fled at twilight and left the camp intact. They left all their tents, their horses, and their donkeys, and they fled for their lives. And these leprous men had to fight for nothing. They had it all. And tomorrow, about this time, things changed. Now, Deuteronomy 2, 1 through 3, which looks like it has nothing to do with this, but let's see how we can put this together. Then we turned and journeyed into the wilderness of the way of the Red Sea. This is the children of Israel. As the Lord spoke to me, and we skirted and encompassed around Mount Seir for many days. And the Lord spoke to me, saying, You have skirted this mountain long enough. Turn northward. Turn northward. Now, I truly do believe that there is a shift coming. I felt it way back in... in uh, a few months back in the year as we felt and sensed a shift coming. But I believe that God is, is recalibrating and giving us destiny direction. And there is a shift coming. Now, the children of Israel, uh, God delivered them through the Red Sea. If you remember the story, through the Red Sea. They had been in bondage for a long, long, long time. Actually, 430 years they had been in bondage. But God's word brought them out of Pharaoh's hand. Now, Pharaoh's is uh, a type of the enemy, of Satan. Egypt 
is a type of sin. So God brought them out of sin, out of the hand of the enemy of Pharaoh. And he brought them out. And they are now wandering around this mountain over and over and over and over, round and round and round and round and round. Do you really, answer me a question, do you really think that God brought them through all he brought them through, protected them, got them through the Red Sea, all the, all the things that they went through? Do you think for one second that God brought them out so they'd come out here and just walk around and around and around in the desert? Absolutely not. It's no way. Now, and, and I make that parallel to myself and to you. Look what all God has done for me and done for you. To bring you out of everything he's brought you out of. To get you saved, delivered, healed, break generational curses off of your life. He has caused, brought people out of a drug addiction. He has caused fear to be broken off of your life. He has done so many things. And here, the truth is, we don't even know all of your testimony. Because some of you up in here weren't always saints, brothers and sisters. Some of you have a testimony that's worse than a PG version. I mean, it's the, it's the version that's got some other X's around it. That you don't, we don't even hear the rest of the testimony because you don't even want to say what all has happened because God has brought you so far. But do you think for one second God has brought us and brought you out of all that, broke curses off of your life, so you can come and go around the same mountain over and over and over and be pulled right back down into the same circumstances, the same situations, year after year, month after month, day after day. There is no way. I believe with all my heart today, God is pronouncing a benediction on old struggles, old patterns, old situations, old structures that we keep keep getting drawn back into time and time again. There's a new mindset that God wants to allow us to take on. The same old issues, the same experiences, the same arguments, the same interactions over and over and over again. The same emotional mountains that you've been going around for 10 Christmases, you're still going around them. But God wants to say there's an interruption and a benediction addiction to that today in Jesus name you know some people come to church and expect they don't really come for change it takes courage to come for change change isn't easy no no just ask uh, this this lady that I feel like I've been so stretched in the last five five years that I can't even recognize myself uh, uh, the older you get the more change that you have to deal with the more change you have to deal with, it isn't easy. But I, I do recognize as a pastor for 34 years that some people come to church not just for change, but they come for a high. They come for a, they, they kind of, they, they need you to give them a little bit of a high, a kick. You know, it's like, come on in here, Pastor Randon, Pastor Randy, y'all, Pastor Renee, I, I need you to, you know, give me some high, give me something, you know, so happy, make me so happy that I'll forget all the hell I'm going through. And here's the deal. That does not change 
your life. We walk right back out. God did not do everything he did. He did not give his life, his only son, on a cross so that I can just come in here and get a high. He came so that I could have life and have it more abundantly. That's why he came. And there's a power. So I believe that we have to stop these circular motions, these cycles. It's like our solar system. It's gravitational. There's a gravitational pull. Something, I wish I had something right here to show you. There's something in the center, and I just keep getting drawn back. And that, that mass that's in the center determines my gravitational pull. It keeps pulling me back down to it. When there is an object in the center that is holding you there, then there's a power that won't allow you to be moved from it. And that's what we want to talk about. Even though, even though there are times when we're in this centrifugal, this, centri this uh, elliptical, this emotion, we're going around and around, there are times that we can jump a little bit. Uh, you know, but immediately, I mean, we get a little jump, but we come right back down. And we land right back in the same spot. And we keep going right back around the same old mountain. And I, I want to add something to this equation. I want to suggest to you that the orbit around us, the orbit around you that you've been functioning in, and mo most people around you help contribute to that as well. The people around you help contribute to this, this force that keeps pulling you back down into the same old, same old, same old, same old. All the way, always the gravitational pull that pulls you back into the world and what the, what the world wants you to be. And, the, and it's like this, even the people around you and, and our enemy, not that the people are our enemy, but we allow them to be at times. And the system of that structure the system of that is is like dream all you want to baby just don't put the dream in action don't activate the dream make all the plans in the world you want to make but just don't activate the plans you can keep dreaming all you want to just don't do something about it when you land back down there plan all you want to but that force of gravity that gravitational pull that keeps us spinning and spinning and spinning and i i just want to ask you for a moment what is it in your center that keeps you spinning is it a painful memory in your life maybe it's uh how you see yourself because the truth is, it isn't always how we see God. For the most part, we see God good. He's an awesome God. It's how we see ourselves that keeps drawing us back and pulling us back to those same old things. We can be good people. We don't have to be bad people. But we accept that. We keep allowing the weaknesses, the challenges, the things that the traumas of our past to that keep drawing us back to that center. I have decided that I'm not going to do that one more year. Today draws 
the line. It's over. I'm coming out. I've got to escape this once and for all. There's something about it that keeps pulling me back. But I have to get desperate enough. And I'm coming up on a clue here. I have to get desperate enough to do something about it. I have to resist the temptation to react to the same circumstances over and over and over and over again every time. I'm telling you, this gravitational pull kept your mama down, kept your grandma down, has kept you down, but something inside of us has to rise up and say, I'm not going to do it anymore. I'm escaping this thing. The children of Israel under the leadership of Moses celebrated and shouted and celebrated over the promised land, but they never actually got to see the promised land. Bless God, I know there is a promised land and a Beulah land, if you please, but I'm going to celebrate some of it right here too. It ain't all about when we get over yonder, won't we have a time when we get over yonder. There's something that God wants us to realize right here, but it's at the cost of being courageous and breaking those things that gravitationally keep pulling us back. And I want to talk to you about that from 1 King. The first thing to come out and to escape is you got to get desperate. you got to get desperate. You know what? Desperate, uh, desperate times call for desperate measures. I have never lived in a more desperate time. Maybe you have. I have never. I, I just, uh, Pastor just pulled up on his, I pulled up last night this, it happened to be a year old message, a prayer that someone had sent us on Facebook to pray over 35 children, men and women who had been beheaded in Iraq. And, uh, but the, the, it was over a year old. And uh, the text, the next message said that there are still those things happening, even though that's a year old. But then Pastor showed me on his phone how that last night while we were sitting at his mom's house celebrating her birthday, that in Turkey, where we were just a few months ago, that there uh, there was a bomb, there was an explosion, a terrorist, and they killed 35 people, 40 wounded, right where we were in Turkey, uh, I, I don't know, I just, I don't know, maybe some of you have lived in more perilous times, you have to be a lot older than I am if you have, because I've never seen where we are right now, it, it, it calls for desperate measures, so let's, let's look at these desperate guys and kings, there is this, this force that keeps drawing us back to the center, that keeps trying to keep us grounded, keep us in this little same patterns going on. And there is something so desperate in the heart of these, these guys in Kings. It's desperate times. Actually, uh, Samaria's in a famine. I read you the text. It was such a desperate time that they were basically, they would eat their babies, and the next day they say, we'll eat yours. We'll eat mine today and eat yours tomorrow. Can you even imagine how desperate of a time it was? And in the midst of all of this, this, this prophet, Elisha, thank God, 
for the prophets. This prophet Elijah speaks and he walks into a situation and he begins to speak. He walks right in and he speaks to the king and he says, about this time tomorrow, about this time tomorrow. And I, I know that's been preached on over and over, so I'm not really going there, but I just want to say that, you know, God can change your whole life in 24 hours. He can change your whole cycle in 24 hours. It takes a long time sometimes for us suddenly, but suddenly things change. It may take a long time for tomorrow, but by... by by this time tomorrow, your life could be out of that pull that keeps pulling you back down into the same old cesspool of what the systems of this world want you to stay in. But God wants to release you. You've got to make some decisions, and you've got to get desperate. And here's what these guys did. The prophet comes in. And he says, about this time tomorrow, there's going to be plenty. He didn't say six months from now because he'd be gone out of town. He said, tomorrow, he's still going to be there. I, I love those kind of words from God. I believe that's the kind of prophetic words we got to have in this day, where it isn't the kind where, you know, there's 15 people out there with headaches today. Really? Probably is. Yeah. No, I, I, want, I want to hear what thus says the Lord right now. For this hour, and here's this guy, uh, Elisha, he comes in. And the, the, the assistant, or the vice president, as you, as you will, he's the king's right-hand man. He speaks up and says, nobody asked him nothing. He just speaks up, and he's being very, really cynical. And he's saying, well, you know, if that's going to happen, then, you know, he's going to have to open up the windows of heaven because there sure ain't nothing here. And at that point, I just want to tell him, Keep your mouth shut. I, we don't say shut up in our house. I told our kids don't do it, but this is one of the times. You know, there's an art to knowing when to keep your mouth shut. There's an art to that. There's an art to thinking before you speak that we need to learn. So this king found out that he actually, his assistant, he didn't get to have the reward. The king of Samaria now has a problem because he's got the wrong people speaking to his life. And this is a very big issue because the people closest to you can determine the level of the success of your destiny in your life. It can determine whether or not you get yourself out of the, the pull of the same old, same old or not. And I, I don't know about you, but I don't have to even know you individually. What I can do is look at your peeps. I can look at your posse and tell you who you are. Because, you know, the Bible doesn't say it, but there is a saying that said, birds of a feather. Yeah, you know it. So it, it's very important that if you, you, you gotta get with the right people. If you can be comfortable with people around you that are griping all the time, continually bringing up argumentative things to cause divisiveness and are not doing what God's called us to do, which is to be reconcilers in this hour, to bring unity. I guess that's one of the things that's broken my heart so much this year is to see the division in the body of Christ. And God is going to fix it in Jesus' name. He's going to fix it. I know he is. It's part of what? 
It's part of his big scheme of things. But if you get comfortable, if you're comfortable with people always griping, people always dogging somebody else, people always got something negative to say, well, good for you. Hang with them. That's what you're going to get. But as for me, I ain't got time for none of that. I ain't got time for any of that. I want to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying because I still have some things I've got to get done. I still have some things. And I can tell you, the older you get, the easier it is to get caught back up in this gravitational pull because it's easier then to just say, well, I didn't get it done, but they're going to do it. They're going to do it. That doesn't erase nor does that excuse any of us that still have things that God wants us to get done in our destiny, in our life. And my life depends on it. My children depend on it. My churches depend on it. Our neighborhoods depend on it. Quit putting it off on somebody else. It's our turn now. It's our turn now. I just, you know... I'm, I hear the clock ticking, and I just want to say, I dare people. I, I kind of want to put this dare out there. Get a life. Just get a life. Get a life in Jesus and leave all the trash behind. You need destiny connections. You got to know what about destiny. You got to know that you can't hang out with everybody, but you also got to preserve destiny Destiny connections. I guess it's like a, just now coming to me, that old, that country song, Pastor would know all the words. You got to know when to hold them. Know when to fold them. Know when to walk away. Is that it? Know when to run. Yeah, go tell everybody I sang the country song. You got to count your blessings. Isn't it? It's, it's count your blessings. Well, it may be something else, but I, I'm counting my blessings. <laughs> I just know you got to know when to do it. You got to know when to walk. You got to know who are destiny. But this vice president to the king, I wonder why he can't hear the word of the Lord. The prophet is right in front of him. Think about it. He's right in front of him. He can't hear with his natural ears, and he can't hear with his spiritual ears. You ever known anybody like that? Yeah. Could it be, possibly, I would like to, just at least, I would like for you to think about this. I feel like because of the circumstances that he is allowing to dictate his destiny at this moment, that because they have not been in his favor and in his country's favor, he has become bitter. This man has become bitter. Bitterness will kill your destiny quicker than anything in the whole wide world. And don't tell me that everybody in here haven't, hasn't had opportunities for bitterness to come in. Well, I can tell you, if bitterness is at your root, then it's in your fruit. Somehow, whatever you are bearing, it's going to show up because you haven't gotten rid of the root. This man had a root of bitterness. You got to get desperate enough to shake it off. Just shake it off. Get escape from it. Say, I will not be held down. I will not be held back because of bitterness. Yeah, but if you just only knew, I can't trust people anymore because the last time I did, they betrayed me. Really? Come on. I, I, I just can't trust them anymore because, you know, they lied on me. Uh, really? 
Do you think Jesus wasn't lied on? Come on. In the big scheme of things, what does it matter anyway? I, you're, talking to, you're talking to the choir up here. I'm talking to the choir out there. But the truth is I've lived long enough, had enough opportunities to stay bitter, be bitter, and can tell you it doesn't gain you anything. Nothing. Nothing. Let it go. Shake it off. Get your hands out right now. Shake every bit of it off. Do not allow the enemy. Don't build walls. The enemy will give you bricks to build your own wall. He'll say, here, baby, take this brick right here. Because she didn't treat you right. She was not the other day. You say, you're exactly right. She did not. And you build your brick. Put some mortar in there. And he'll hand you another one and say, yeah, you should have had that opportunity, not them. You're exactly right. I'm the one that's been faithful all these years. How come they got it? Build you another brick. Before you know it, you built a brick because your heart has been hurt and broken, and you have built you a, a wall of protection, and your heart is not going to be broken anymore. But what you don't realize is those same bricks that kept you in also keep you out and cannot move you, cannot allow you to get to the place God wants you to get to. That big old wall that you had built around you is to no avail now because you're built. You're all in it with nowhere to go. But that shall not be the case. I'm coming out. Say, I'm coming out. Thank you, Diana Ross. No, I'm not coming out of the closet for anybody that wants to make that happen. That's not what that song was about because I studied about it, bless God. It ain't about that. It's all about coming out of your present circumstance and not staying in your rut any longer. I'm coming out. I want the world to know I got to let them know or show or something. I'm about to. You're about to turn a corner. There's about to be an upset. They've been in famine now. They're in desperate times. And it calls for de desperate measures. So number one, the way to get out of that pool is to have desperation in your spirit. There has to be an urgency in your spirit, number one. So, yeah, that's it. Desperate times call for desperate measures. Desperation. You don't know where to turn. And you don't even know who to turn to. I propose to you today that God's going to bring the turn to us. We're going to understand what he wants us to do. Maybe not in the moment, but there's going to be enough desperation that's going to drive us to this next place. Wait, wait, wait. you got to get this. There are four leprous men sitting outside the gate of the city. Not in the city, outside the city. Now, these guys have been rejected. They have been, uh, they, because they have issues, because they have disadvantages, because they have situations in their lives, because none of us do, of course, but they did, and so they're outside the city. They're stuck at the gate. They're kind of in betwixt and tween. Y'all ever been there? And, and they can't hear in the natural, and it seems like they can't hear in the spirit. But there's enough desperation inside of them that they have decided they're going to do something about it. And the next thing we see, they begin to hear this word from God. And they make, number two, they make a decision. They make 
a decision to get up. If I die, I die. If I perish, I perish. That is the thing in the body of Christ. We use those, those words to hide behind. Well, I'm just praying about it. You've been praying about it for 10 Christmases. I've just been praying about it. I'm praying, and you're still in the same circle, still being pulled back down into the same thing. And God says, no, get desperate enough and make a decision. This is going to be a year of decisions that will be made. Destiny decisions, decisiveness. Do you know that indecisiveness is a spirit? And you know I'm not talking about get out ahead of yourself or God. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the excess on the other side where we've been in the same circle for years doing the same things. Going to find out. Yeah, over and over and over and over. And God is just saying, no, 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 no. Make a decision. So these guys, they get up. They've been rejected. What they did not hear in the natural, they heard with spiritual ears. And they made a decision. They got up and they said, why are we going to sit here and die? We can leave. If we perish, we perish. But let's get out of here. Get the heck out of Dodge. Let's move. Let's get something going here. And I understand that divine destiny is made by destiny decisions. You don't just get it because you osmos in this same place. You have to make faith-built decisions. You have to step out by faith and start walking and just hang on because you're going to see what these guys do. They make a decision to step out by faith. And I just, before I move to my last point, my last two points, I want to quickly just say, as the Spirit of the Lord stirs inside of me, that I dare you to make some faith decisions this year. Make some faith declarations this year. I will not stay in this circumstance. I will not let my circumstance, which brings me to the next point. I will defy my circumstance. I will not allow it. I'm going to be courageous enough that in the midst of my circumstance, I'm going to get up and move, and I'm going to start walking. I'm going to dare to defy it. Now, here's the deal. I need four, four men. One, two, Willie and Mark. Thank you. Come up. Come right down here with me, please. Right down. No, y'all come up here. Here's the deal. Number three is you got to defy your circumstances. But this is the fourth thing that I want to show you that God revealed to me in my spirit and how that we are going to escape, how we are going to see him reveal the destiny that he has on our lives because this is something that I, I, I have just been so um, moved in my heart and spirit about almost more than anything, Be, the going round and round and round and circling the mountain over and over. But here's the other thing. We got some guys that are disadvantaged, four of you. You don't know how disadvantaged is because the word of the Lord inside of you is desperate enough to say, let's move. But he says, I can't move. I can't move because my foot, you're going to have to creep along here now. My foot has been eaten off because I've got leprosy. I've got an issue. I've got disadvantage in my life. I've got a situation and I don't know how I'm going to do it. But he comes up and says, hey, 
I'll check you out here. I'll help you out because, you see, I don't have a foot gone, but my ear over here has already been eaten off. My ear is gone, but look, if you hold on to me right here, you can walk because my feet are good. But this guy over here, he comes up and says, hey, I'm sorry. Look, I'm blind over here in my right eye. I can't see anything. He says, don't worry about it. I got good eyes. He says, look, I got good eyes, and I got a good ear. We'll make it. And then this other guy comes up and says, yeah, but my right hand over here has been eaten off. I can't do much with it. And he says, hey, grab a hold of me. Because, you see, I've decided that four of us together, we can get out of here because there is a power in unity. There is a blessing. There is a commanded blessing when we start walking arm in arm together. Your weakness isn't mine. My weakness isn't yours. My gifting isn't yours. Your gifting isn't mine. But if we get hooked up together, I want to see y'all walk. Come, come on, let's walk. I need you to stand up on your feet with me right now because this is what I heard the Lord say to me early this morning. Come together. Come together in your house, your family, your children. Come together because there are miracles that are waiting to be released that can't be released until we get it together. We got to get it together. There are miracles in your life. There are miracles in this church. The next level of this church depends on us getting it together. It's all about that. It's all about unifying. I know you don't have the same issues I have. It doesn't matter. I need you, and you need me. So this is what I want. I need some music. So that whoever's doing that, please come up here. We're going to have to divide the unity up here. But somebody has got to get this. I, I'm going to walk out and leave. But in my heart, I have to pray over you and know that somehow God has put just a little bit of his word inside of you today. That, look, number one, you've got to get desperate. Number two, you've got to make decisive decisions. Destiny decisions. You've got to defy the fact that your ear has been eaten off. You've got to defy the fact that you've got one foot missing over here. You've got to defy the fact that they said you can't walk. You got to, and fourthly, you've got to get hooked up. You've got to get in unity together with the people of God and say, look, I don't know everything. I don't do everything like you do. But we've got enough to get miracles sent from heaven if we'll just release it in the Spirit. Just release it in the Spirit. I just believe right now. I don't know. I, I know it's time for the... the but there's a, there's a prophetic moment just ushered in just now. And I, I want to make sure that I am a steward over that. Please close your eyes with me. Father, I thank you right now for every person in here. And I declare over all of us today, Lord, that we will stand. That we will get desperate. We will push past the obstacles. We will make a decision to get up and move by faith.
faith, we will walk this thing out. We will walk this thing out. We will do what you've called us to do. And Father, I know that I don't have all the giftings. I know that these people are saying that I don't know how to get to where I need to get to. God has some people he's going to hook up. Do you know there's even people that God's going to put in your life? I just heard the Lord say this. There are houses that you're going to get that you don't even build. There are houses that you're going to get and lands that you didn't even... And, and that isn't a cop-out. That's the Word of God. And those things are going to come this year. They're going to come. I sense a release of that in the Holy Ghost when you start obeying the Word of God. But the greatest miracles in this house are going to come as you, number one, get in agreement with your husband. Get in agreement with your family. Get your family around the table and say, we may not like everything the same, but we're going to like this, baby. And we're going to get in agreement about this. And we're going to walk together into the destiny God has for us. And then when you come into this house, put your differences aside and say, hook up with me, brother. I need you. I got to limp. I got to have you. Hook up with me, sister. I got to have you. The power of the Holy Ghost is going to empower you to move out of your present circumstances. So I thank you, my Father. I thank you, Lord Jesus. I hope you're hooked up. Get in hooks of at least four all over this building. Hook up together as a sign to the enemy because we are going to declare that we will. We are going to declare our agreement. We're going to declare it. When you declare a thing, it shall be done. We declare it in this house. This house will be a house of agreement. This house will be a house of unity. These houses individually will be houses of unity. We believe that. We pray that over the people of God and declare it over them now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now your host is coming. I don't know. If I was here, I'd probably have you walk in fours for a while just to show you that you can do it. You can walk together. You can get in sync together. The enemy's been doing it a long time. He never breaks rank. But somehow, we've fallen into the same old, same old. Same old, same old. And God is breaking it today. Yes, he is. Can you say amen? Amen. Amen. I love you. Have a great new year.